Well, let's pray before we begin. Father, thank you so much that we can sing together, singing it as well with my soul because of what you have done and continue to do through us and in us right now. You are present with us. You are God with us. And of course, we see that through Jesus most vividly and visibly. And so, Father, may you be with us as we enter your word. And may we have a deeper understanding of your character And may you give us the ears uh, to hear and the eyes to see your beauty and what you have in store for us. We thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Have you ever seen someone transform? No, I'm not talking about those Transformers toys that you played with when you were younger or your kids or your grandkids play with right now nor am I talking about the physical growth from being a baby to a toddler to young child to teenager and so on. No, what I mean this morning is somebody whose soul was completely transformed, their innermost being. You may say this morning, how do I know that somebody's soul has been transformed? Well, today, in some ways, we get to see somewhat of a transformation, a kind of transformation within a person that is incredibly rare, both in days past as well as right now. And as we think about transformation, I want to ask a question to all of us this morning. Have you ever met somebody who seemed like they just couldn't stop complaining? Perhaps they couldn't stop complaining about something in their life or something in the world. And although you perhaps complained with them and alongside them for quite a while, there seemed a point when they needed to move on. If you've been with us in this sermon series, this series of messages in the book of Habakkuk, you've been with this character called Habakkuk for the past six weeks who has been known to really complain. But what has been interesting about this complaining is that although he is complaining to God, he is doing it in such a way that is faithful. You see, in no way has Habakkuk assumed that God does not exist anymore or isn't holy anymore. In the first two chapters, Habakkuk has continued to call God his rock, his Holy One, eternal. This faithful example is one that we are continually looking at this morning. And whether or not you are joining us for the first time or not, the main question I want to ask today as we begin our two-part sermons this morning and we'll end next week titled From Protest to Praise is this question. How does one get from protest to praise? How can one get from complaining about the one whom he will soon praise? This is a vital question for all of us who consider themselves Christ followers. Christians of ages past and Christians now in the age of a pandemic. We need to ask ourselves, how do we get from protest to praise? We need to ask ourselves this 
because we don't want to get stuck in the protest stage. We don't, as ambassadors of Christ, as distributors of the gospel, and as ones who reflect the character of God in our daily lives, want to show people that God is one who complains all the time through our example of complaining. We don't want to be stuck at the protest stage. At some point in our walk with Christ, we want to be like the psalmists who say, my mouth is filled with your praise and with your glory all the day, Psalm 71, 8. And praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights, praise him all his angels, praise him all his hosts, praise him sun and moon, praise him all you shining stars, praise him you highest heavens and you waters above the heavens, let them praise the name of the Lord. Psalm 148, 1 to 3. You see, the core of the Christ follower is that of a worshiper, one who doesn't simply stay at protest, but one who praises God. This this question, how does one get from protest to praise, will help guide our thoughts as we get into the beginning of the third chapter of Habakkuk. Before we get into there, though, let's remember what happened just before in the last parts of Habakkuk 2. In the second chapter, Habakkuk gives a complaint to God, and God literally for the rest of the chapter responds. God said that there will be a difference between the enemy of God and the one who trusts in God. That for those who trust in God, they would live by faith. And for the enemy of God, they would trust in themselves. For Habakkuk, he had heard previously that God's answer to injustice and violence was to use more injustice and violence in the form of the Babylonians, who in Habakkuk's day were the very definition of evil itself. This shocked Habakkuk, and it seemed like he thought that these Babylonians were going to get away from the injustice and violence that they had already been doing. But God, in his faithfulness, told of his just wrath to Babylon in the second half of the second chapter, which we heard of last week. Five woes to the people of Babylon from God himself that displayed the wrath of God on all unrighteousness and evil. This showed us last week that God is so much more faithful, loving, and just than any of us could ever be. That we can try to be just in our world, but God who is love, pure and undefiled love, is much more just than any person we could even think of. He isn't the God that ignores evil, but rather the God who answers it. This takes us to now where Habakkuk is allowed to respond. This morning, if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Habakkuk 3, 1 to 16. Next week, we're going to end off this series in verses 17 to 19. So whether it's on your lap, on your screen, whether it's just you or somebody else, open up to Habakkuk 3, 1 to 16. This is God's holy and authoritative word. Let's dive deep. Verses 1 to 2 first. Let's see how one gets from protest to praise. Starts like this. 
a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet of Shigoyanoth. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. This is a prayer of Habakkuk. And this is vital to know this because whether we believe it or not, prayer, talking to God himself, is a vital component to transitioning from a point of protest to praise. What prayer does to our souls is that it realigns our false thoughts about God to the true promises of God. What I want us to see, and I believe God wants us to see through this, is that prayers of trust in particular begin with remembering God's faithfulness in the past and then hope for the future, which gives us current confidence in our God. Let me say that again. Prayer at its core is talking to our good God. And when we desire to trust him, that prayer of trust involves us recounting the faithfulness of God from the past and hope for the future, which through all of that gives us the greatest confidence in God. Prayer in many ways reminds us that we don't have the greatest memory. In fact, almost every time we are anxious, it is because we forget of the providence and goodness of our God. In anxious times, we are caught in this web of fear and immediately start to forget who our God is. For Habakkuk, he is beginning to see again. Although he remembered glimpses of God's character before, he is now waking up to even brighter realities. He says, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. What an opening verse for Habakkuk this morning. We have here a remarkable declaration from Habakkuk. As he replies to God, the prophet recognizes the holy purpose of God, and not just the purposes of God, but the humble reply of his glory. Habakkuk has heard of the fame of God. He stands in awe of his deeds. What an incredible posture of worship that Habakkuk, who started this book by saying in verse 2 of chapter 1, How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you, violence, but you do not save? Now, in a sense, he says, God, you're amazing. Your deeds make me cry out in worship. How in awe I am of you. If this isn't a transformation, then what is? From protest to praise. And Habakkuk shows us that this can, this can only happen through a humble response of who God actually is and the glorious things he has done. Moses, before Habakkuk uh, wrote this, he wrote about it in Psalm 90. Moses in Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2, says this. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. 
before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Habakkuk wants these things to be repeated and to be made known. And then he says something that may even catch us off guard. He says, in wrath, remember mercy. You see, Habakkuk doesn't just see the fame and deeds as something that is worth remembering. He also sees the grace of God as something that needs to be told of. And as the verse progresses, Habakkuk remembers of the faithfulness of God in years past. It says this, verse 3 and on. God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand, where his power was hidden. Plague went before him. Pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled, and the age-old hills collapsed. But he marches on forever. Have you forgotten how God has been faithful to you? So often we do, and so often we correlate good times in our life with a good God. And when bad things happen in our life, we often believe that God is not good. But thanks be to God that his character does not depend or change depending on our circumstance. So how has he been faithful and good to you. Even in a time of isolation, I have reflected on the beautiful weather we've been having. Great mixtures of rain and sun. Time for kids to get out and time for things to grow. Many of you know this as farmers and those who depend on the weather to be decent. Even as I long to sing with you here, shake your hands and come back to our great potlucks here in Cremona, and celebrate communion together. I thank God for this technology to be used for his glory. Even though I can't see many of you in person, I thank God that he is keeping you and holding you fast as you also pursue him. How has God been faithful to you and faithful to us as the church Habakkuk, even with violence and injustice abounding, even with famine, as we'll read next week, happening, he knew that God has been faithful all along. He recounts years, events of years past in Teman. Teman was, a, Teman was east of Israel, near Edom. In terms of our biblical history, it was the home of one of Job's friends, Mount Paran was also east of Israel. The next verses tell of the significance of these places. It says, His glory covered the heavens and his praise filled the earth. Habakkuk reminded himself that God was not just present in Israel, but rather his glory was so much that it filled the earth and covered the heavens. This describing of God lasts for a while in this passage. It continues on. First, let's read these verses once again at verse 4. His splendor was like the sunrise. Rays flashed from his hand. Where his power was hidden, 
Plague went before him, pestilence followed his steps. He stood and shook the earth. He looked and made the nations tremble. The ancient mountains crumbled and the age-old hills collapsed. But he marches on forever. Oh, how we must pursue to speak about God like this. Notice how Habakkuk views and sees God. He is in awe as his splendor was like the sunrise. He shook the earth. The nations trembled. Mountains crumbled. Hills collapsed. But God marches on forever. As we move from protest to praise in our own lives, it's important to not only see what God has done, but who he is in light of the world around us. You see, when things like the coronavirus or other viruses of other kinds are all gone, God will still be there. Isaiah 40, 28. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. In Psalm 92. Before the mountains were brought forth, Wherever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. The eternal character of God is not only part of his character, but also something that is something that should blow our minds. That God existed before there was anything, exists now, and will exist forever. That when all of the mountains crumble, when all of our society is gone, when prime ministers come and go, our good God will still be there and will still be good and for our good. Habakkuk realizes that it is God who makes the nations tremble and God who will be there when the nations tremble for good. Although it seems like just before that Habakkuk couldn't separate the realities of using evil Babylon for his good purpose, he is now having his whole soul transformed into a man who can't help but praise God. Habakkuk remembers the deliverance of God from the slavery in Egypt and knows that all of the nations, including that of Egypt from the past, will tremble before the glory and power of our God. After this, we have more recollections of history. Verse 7. I saw the tents of Cushan in distress, the dwellings of Midian in anguish. He says, Were you angry with the rivers, Lord? Was your wrath against the streams? Did you rage against the sea when you rode your horses and your chariots to victory? Like before, Habakkuk continues to remember the exodus from Egypt, and this time deliverance and safe passage through the Red Sea, as God provided the horses and chariots to come to victory, eventually coming to the promised land. And then Habakkuk continues with verses 9 to 15. You uncovered your bow. You called for many arrows. You split the earth with rivers. The mountains saw you. Torrents of water swept by. The deep roared and lifted its waves on high. Sun and moon stood still in the heavens. At the glint of your flying arrows. At the lighting of your flashing spear. In wrath you strode through the earth. And in anger you threshed the nations. You came out to deliver your people, to save your anointed one. You crushed the leader of the land of wickedness. You stripped him from head to foot. With his own spear you pierced his head. 
when his warriors stormed out to scatter us, gloating as though about to devour the wretched who were in hiding. You trampled the sea with your horses, churning the great waters. A transformation from protest to praise can only happen through a realization of who God is. If that is one of the only things you remember this morning, then let it be true in your life. When you pray, be reminded of who God is. Habakkuk has finally realized completely that God is his deliverer. He is his savior. The term anointed one from verse 13 is actually the same Hebrew word for Messiah, which reminds us that God not only delivered those in the past, but the ultimate deliverance comes through Jesus, who delivered us from the leader of the land of wickedness while stripping him completely of all power. In remembering Jesus, the anointed one, the Messiah, how could we ever stay at protest and complaint? To truly understand the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus should transform your soul into praise to God. Deuteronomy 10, 21 says this well, even though it's in the Old Testament. It says, He is your praise. He is your God, who has done for you these great and terrifying things that your eyes have seen. God is the one that has given you the air to breathe right now. He is the one who has given us these means to record a service to you. And he is the one who has saved you if you are in Christ. In the last verse, verse 16 from the passage today, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. The great work of God makes Habakkuk's heart pound, his lips quiver, and his whole body in fearful awe. Yet even though this is the case, Habakkuk will wait patiently for God's promise for Babylon to come. And this is protest to praise. No longer confusion or panic over Babylon coming, but rather a humble acknowledgement that God will do what he is doing and is still good. He is still their deliverer and still their God. This transformation from protest to praise, which we will continue on next week in our last sermon in this series, is simply in many ways unbelievable. It perhaps makes us ask the question, is transformation still possible today? I believe the Bible's answer to that is unquestionably yes. For the Christ follower, transformation is a vital part of our journey. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. Ephesians 2.1-5 As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. 
a new creation, once dead, now alive. But how is this transformation possible? What is the common theme in this? It's Jesus, who through faith in the crucified and now risen Savior, we can be made alive by God. Are you watching right now and feel tired of living in sin and pursuing things that don't satisfy? Come to Jesus, who is the fulfillment of not only the anointed one from the passage this morning, but also the in wrath remember mercy of verse 2. On the cross, the wrath of God was satisfied. The payment for all sin was done. In fact, it is only in grasping of the wrath of God, as we heard last week, can we understand the magnitude of our merciful God. And in seeing the wrath of God zoomed in onto the crucifixion, we can see how our whole being can move from protest to praise. What a journey it's been for Habakkuk, and what a journey it can be for us as Christ followers thousands of years later. Don't stay at protest. Don't stay at complaint. Remember the faithfulness of God. Trust in a hopeful future and have a full confidence because in Christ, God has a good hand on each area of your life. How could this not have us respond in praise? Next week, we end this series and see the fulfillment of protest to praise. That Habakkuk will show us how we can rejoice in our God even when everything is falling apart. And church, we need to hear this. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you that we can open it up. Thank you that we can gather together. Um, although scattered, we can gather together online and chat together. We thank you for your work in us and through us. May you be with us as we sing another song. May you be given all the glory through the words that we sing. In Jesus' name, amen.